0: Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well and I want to thank you for joining me for today's program. Today we will begin a series in which I will play for you a recording that I made as I witnessed to two Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, For those of you who have not heard me give the background, the context of of this and how it came about, very long story short is that for the past few weeks, Kathy and I have been in San Diego. We drove down there to babysit our grandchildren while, while their parents, our oldest son and his wife, went on vacation to Argentina. And so we stayed at their house keeping care keeping care of the kids and uh, while i was there i had to fly to miami preach at a church there in miami had a wonderful time there taught at a seminary the next day and uh had a really good time so flew back so i was gone for about five days but before i went to miami uh one afternoon kathy and i were sitting out in the driveway watching the kids play we have three grandsons and as they were playing with some of the other little kids that were in the neighborhood there in the in the driveway, little front yard, two Mormon missionaries rode up on their bicycles, and uh, I knew that of course they were Mormon. We've all seen them, how they dress: dark slacks, white shirt, tie, and a little name tag that says "Elder So and So." Uh, and I would not refer to them as elder. So and so because they are they don't meet the biblical qualifications for being an elder. In fact, of course, they're not even Christians uh, because they're Mormon. They have a different Jesus, different gospel, and so I, I witnessed to them for a while. My oldest grandson Joshua was quite fascinated with that. He's uh, ten, almost eleven years old. So he was listening to me as I witnessed to these two uh, Mormon missionaries and uh, that was one evening and then the very next morning we're out in the driveway again and lo and behold some Jehovah's Witnesses are walking around the neighborhood doing their own uh, perversion of evangelism and I was in my little electric three-wheel scooter. I had my youngest grandson Jax on my lap. He's two years old and just just as cute as he can be but uh, I motored up to a couple of the uh, ladies, the Jehovah's witnesses, ladies who are walking around and I started engaging them in conversation and, and she was talking about Jax and how cute he was and, you know, blah, 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 a little small talk. And so, uh, uh, they had literature in their hands and I said, so you're Jehovah's witnesses, right? And they said, yes, we are. And I said, okay. I said, well, um, I said, tell me what, what do uh, Jehovah's witnesses believe about what happens to a person? when that person dies and so she started talking a little bit and I asked a question uh, and I said well what about um, you know Buddhists and Mo- or Muslims things like that and people like that who don't believe in Christ knowing the whole time that they have a different Jesus anyway but uh, as we shall hear in this uh, conversation that I recorded but uh, as, as I asked a couple of questions she said I get the feeling you may know more than what you're letting on I said well i I may know a little bit and we I asked them about what they believed about when I said say a person dies and completely rejects God completely rejects Jesus what happens to that person and she said they go out of existence and I said oh I said you believe uh, you don't believe in eternal punishment and she says no we don't and so we talked about that just for a little bit and and she I, th- I think once she realized that I did kind uh, of know oh know of what I spoke, and I, I know I knew some things about the Bible. She said, "How about this? How about if if I come back, she said, will you be here Friday?" And I said, "Yes, I'll, I'll be here Friday. I'm leaving Saturday, but I'll be here Friday." She said, "Well, how about I come back Friday morning at 10: And I'll bring someone with me who knows more, and we would love to talk with you. And I said, well, I would love to do that. And uh, so she said, okay, well, Friday morning at 1030. I said, okay, great. And she left. And what I didn't realize is that the whole time I'm talking to her, my wife, Kathy, is talking to two of the other ladies who are walking around with them, two more uh, Jehovah's Witnesses ladies that were part of the, the same group. And she was witnessing to them. And uh, uh, Kathy's <laughs> Kathy's a bit more. I won't, I won't say she's more black and white than I am, because theologically we're very much on the same page. But she is a little bit more direct, maybe in her approach. I sh- uh, maybe I could uh, word it that she kind of she kind of uh, cuts to the chase really, really fast. And and by the time I got back to Kathy, she was talking to these uh, two other JW ladies. And, uh, it was, it was getting kind of tense and, and, uh, they, they let Kathy, uh, gave them the gospel and, and warned them if, if she said, if you die, you're going to perish for all eternity. And, and they actually kind of snickered at her, laughed at that. And, um, they laughed. And so anyway, Kathy and I talked about her en- engagement with the JWs and then I told her about mine. And I said, by the way, uh, this lady wants to come back Friday morning with someone who she says uh, knows more and and wants to talk with me. And Kathy said, oh, that'll be interesting. And so uh, I really didn't know if they would show up or not. This was on a Wednesday. No, that was a Tuesday, I believe. And so Wednesday past Thursday past Friday morning. I'm uh, out there in the driveway about 10:15. Kathy's out there with me and we're waiting to see if the if these uh these JWs come back. If this lady and her uh the, the other person she was bringing with her were going to come back. Well, 10:30 came, didn't see anyone. 10:40 came and lo and behold here they come. We had just about decided they weren't going to show up, but they did. And so um greeted them. They're nice people. They really are. They're very friendly. Uh, They couldn't have been any nicer. uh, Very polite. Um, And uh, so I said, well, how about, uh, it's kind of noisy out here with the kids. I said, they have a little back porch in the backyard, so how about we go over there, go around the house, and um, and we can sit down at a table there, and we can talk. And they said, sure, that would be great. And so we did that. I did not want to bring them into the house. Um, of course, second John verses 10 through 11 in my mind uh, regarding that, but also I don't I didn't want the you know, I just didn't want to bring them in. So anyway, uh, we went to the back porch and sat down at the table and w- started witnessing. I, we started talking with one another and they expressed their appreciation that I wanted to to learn more and I uh, reciprocated that sentiment to them. but I also said this them I said now um, his name was John and I keep I don't know why I've got a mental block against her name we can we'll hear it in the in the audio recording I want to say Patricia but um, anyway uh, I I said um, now John and Patricia I said I've, I've been looking forward to this time here for a couple of days now I've, I've been praying for you guys and I said but let me say this uh, if you are open to being corrected by scripture I would love to have this conversation with you I I really would I would love to sit down and we'll open our Bibles and we'll talk and I said however if you're not open to being corrected by scripture I said it would be better for you to leave now and I said I'm not saying that to be rude I'm saying that because of uh, a biblical principle and i said the the reason i asked them i said do you know why jesus spoke in parables and they just kind of gave me a kind of a blank uh, look and they and they they really didn't and so i before it got too awkward the silence got too awkward i, I just kind of followed up i said the reason jesus spoke with parables or spoke in parables i said a lot of people think that he did that so that the the common person the lay person if you will would understand what he was saying, would understand deep spiritual truths in common everyday language. I said, that's why most people think that Jesus taught in, in parables. I said, but that's really not why he taught in parables. And so I, I opened up Matthew chapter 13, and and I just gave a synopsis. But I want us to look at Matthew 13, because hopefully this will uh, help you in understanding why Jesus spoke in parables, why he taught in parables, why he didn't, and clear up a little bit of the confusion of that. So, I w- I'm just. This is all just in the way of background information to to what we're about to go into. But let's let's look at this. I summarize the passage for them, but I'm going to read it to you. So, if you have your Bibles, let's look at Matthew 11. Excuse me, Matthew 13, beginning in verse 10. Matthew 13, verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? So here's a direct question. The disciples asked Jesus very directly, Why do you speak in parables? And Jesus is about to answer their question. He answered them. He said, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. If that was the only verse in the Bible about election, by the way, that would be enough. I mean, there it is right there. To you it has been granted. To them it has not been granted. So, you know, (laughs) how do you get away from that, uh, Mr. Mr. Arminian uh, free will person? Anyway, I digress. So, verse 12, Jesus continues, "...for whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they do not see." While hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart in return, and I would heal them. And Jesus says, But blessed are your eyes, blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So, I don't have time to go into a full exposition of this passage, but basically what's going on is this. Jesus taught in parables, not so that, the everyday layperson could understand what he's saying in common everyday language Jesus taught in parables so that some people would not understand what he is saying and he did this both as an act of judgment against them and also as a demonstration in an act of mercy toward them toward the same people judgment against them and mercy toward them toward uh, toward to the same to the the same group of people because here he he quotes Isaiah for the heart of this people has become dull with their ears they scarcely hear they have closed their eyes okay so these people Jesus taught in parables knowing that many of the people who were listening to him following him around and listening to him had closed their eyes they had shut up their hearts against what he was saying and they would not repent they loved their sin, and they hated the truth, and so they stayed in their sin, and they would remain in that state. And so Jesus spoke in parables so that they would not understand what he was saying, and that was both as an act of judgment against their unbelief, but also as an act of mercy. Because if Jesus had spoken in plain, everyday language, in, in a, if he had been very direct to the point uh, then that would have exposed them to even more truth and knowing that they would not soften their hearts to the truth or their hearts would not be softened to the truth knowing this that they were going to remain entrenched in their sin entrenched in their love of sin Jesus spoke in parables so that they would not understand what he was saying and that would prevent them from having any more exposure to the truth than they already had. Because the greater the exposure that a person has to the truth, the greater his accountability. And knowing that their hearts would remain hard, Jesus, in a sense, prevented them from having any more exposure to the truth. Because had they done that, their their condemnation, their punishment... Throughout all of eternity would be would have been just that much greater, and so this was also an act of mercy. He prevented them from understanding any more than what they already did understand, knowing that if they the the more exposure they had to the truth and yet they rejected it the the worse their punishment would be in eternity once they died, the worse their punishment would be and I do believe that that the Bible teaches both a a differing level of reward in heaven and also a, a differing level of punishment in hell and the greater our exposure to the truth the greater our accountability and when someone dies with great exposure to the truth then his accountability is greater and his punishment will be worse than someone who died with Less exposure to the truth, but still died in a sin. Yes, he will still be punished for all of eternity, but his punishment will not be as severe as the one who died in a sin with greater exposure to the truth and having rejected that. So, this is why Jesus taught in parables. So, I summed all of that up for them and I said, uh, Now, I believe that this is the truth. This is why Jesus taught in parables. So, if you're entrenched, if you're not open to being corrected from Scripture, it would be better for you to leave now. But if you are open to being corrected from Scripture, I said that I'm very happy to uh, sit down and, and take this time with you. And they said, "Oh, yes, we we want to uh, we want to talk about these things with you." And I said, "Okay, all right, well, here we go." And so we did. I had. I was prepared. I had done my homework. Uh, I know some things about the Jehovah's Witnesses because I have witnessed to a few of them before, but I wanted to uh, familiarize myself more with the ins and outs of their their own theology so in the couple of days that I was expecting them I did do some some research and had some notes and so I was kind of prepared for some of the arguments that they would bring and so that's one of my purposes in bringing this series to you dear ones is because we've all we've all seen the j dubs right and probably almost everyone listening to me right now you've had a jehovah's witness knock on your door before and uh, if you haven't uh, you will because they're very methodical about their their own perverted form of evangelism and so i hope that this will be a time of equipping for you that you'll begin to learn more about the jehovah's witnesses why they think the way they think, why they teach the things that they do, where they get some of their beliefs from. And they will, you'll hear in this conversation, you'll hear the um, their, their reasoning. You'll hear some of the verses, their favorite verses that they like to use, particularly uh, uh, Colossians 1, and you'll hear them talk about uh, Romans 6. And it'll be very interesting. It was enlightening for me and i hope that it will be enlightening for you as well and i am i'm looking at the time and we're already almost out of time so I, I i think rather than rather than begin the the recording today the audio recording of this witness encounter we'll just hold that off for tomorrow so all of today is just by way of background letting you know what's coming up and so, uh, I encourage you to get pen, pen and paper in hand as we go through this series. As we begin each program, I'll I'll take just a couple of three minutes. I'm, I'm not going to get all give all this background information again. That's that's over and done with. But the first few minutes of each program, I'll kind of tell you what to expect, what to be listening for as we listen to the recording that I made, and uh, have a uh, pen and paper and take some notes. And so I think this will this will be really helpful for you. I think this this will be good, and uh, you'll be better equipped to engage Jehovah's Witnesses. You'll know what they believe, why they believe it. Uh, you'll see you'll you'll see their their hermeneutical errors, and uh, and we'll talk about the for each point of error corresponding biblical truth, kind of like I like to do in my seminar on the Word of Faith movement. So I want you to come away from this series not only knowing the errors of the J Dubs, but also uh, knowing a, a little bit more about uh, theology and Christology, that's a very important uh, area of of theology, especially dealing with the Jehovah's Witnesses, is what they believe about Christ, their Christology. It's very, very erroneous. So I think that this will be an interesting series. Okay, dear ones, I will begin to wrap up today's program. I do thank you for listening and I love to hear from you. My email is Justin at JustinPeters.org. Justin at JustinPeters.org. My book, by the way, uh is coming along. I'm in the final editing process and guess what? I finally I got my my forward to the book. And uh I'll tell you in the coming coming days a little bit more about the the forward and Lord willing it should be what are we, October, it's October 20th right now, so um, let's shoot for uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of Thanksgiving should finally have the book done. I know I've been saying this for a long time, but uh, it's, uh, the editing process has been a bit, quite a bit more laborious than what I thought, and, and I've been waiting on the forward as well, but it was worth the wait, it was worth the wait, so I'm very happy about the forward. All right, thank you very much dear friends until our next time together may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin or interested in more teaching resources or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference you may contact him at justinpeters.org